Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. From, no, from no, no. brick to, to gold. All right, let's just write. Let's write. Let's write. Let's write. Let's write. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so this is the Talking Tech, this podcast. What's going on, guys? My name is Daniel. It's your Ben Man here, Double H, Half-Old, Trendly, Trendly, Kids, Trying to Stay Alive. We do this every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on SoundCloud. At Talking Tactics, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter is the main one, at Talking Tactics. All the links are going to be in the description of the podcast. If you're listening on an Apple device, uh, leave us a five-star review and we'll read it on the show. We did get one this week. Yeah, this was from Jay Peeves. It says, what is the most underrated league to watch and why? So it's, it's not even a congratulatory, like, I love you guys. Mm. You, you helped me on Tuesday, do da-da-da. It's just a question. So the most underrated league to watch and um, why? I would probably say League On is pretty underrated. I think the thing with League On is that there's so much focus on PSG and what they do mm. that people don't really like. Sometimes, others that I just don't, but whenever I try and sort of catch a quick French game, some of the games are pretty like, I've never, I've been some of the games, like, you know what, this is actually all right. Whenever you finish those cutting must say nonce, thing like that, because there are a few pretty cool, exciting players, because I feel like. I know even the, the Dutch League as well. Like Ooh, in the Dutch a League, show. a lot yeah. of people get a lot of their talents from the Dutch League. So the thing with the Dutch is that they keep producing these players, but they just keep getting pushed away. But you'll always see one or two pretty good players who you will see in two, three seasons will probably end up in a bigger club. So I think if I had to choose, I'd probably say League On. Especially like as a Chelsea fan, you kind of have to monitor Vitesse. So then you kind of get exposed to, you know, the PSVs, the... Ajax players that are under the radar that, you know, the, the big clubs or just about big clubs are going to poach, as you say. So I, I think the Dutch League, the French League might be in there. The Bundesliga is underrated still. I know Carl's going to hate this conversation because he doesn't like the word underrated, but it is mm. what it is. He's not here this week, so we can say what we want. <laughs> within reason, within reason. Uh, so, yeah, remember to leave those five-star reviews and we'll read them on the show. We thank you very much for for your review. Um, Spotify listeners, shout out to you guys. Follow us on, on Spotify if that's your preferred platform as well. Actually, kind of with the vein of this review, this is going to be a mailbag episode. So the, the call for questions goes out every Monday on our Twitter mm. page at Talking Tactics. Remember to follow us there and you can get your questions out and we'll read them on the show. Um, but first, I think we, we might have to talk about one major thing that happened this week. Terry Henry 
was announced as the manager of Monaco. Hmm. I believe they've they won their first game with Jardim, and then they haven't won since. So it's been six or seven games winless. Yeah, they're like um, I think are they like above the relegation zone or something? No, they're 18th. They are if if Ligo ended today, Monaco would be relegated. So Jardim was sacked. Thierry Henry, who's at the opportunity to go to Bordeaux, he's at the opportunity to go to Aston Villa. Aston he was Villa. Working. I mean, look, no offense to Villa, but Aston Villa. I mean, damn. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, said, no, 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 I said, look, Villa, like, because again, I, I know a lot of Birmingham guys. So, Villa, just that for Henri to do it, the Villa job, I mean, that's that's a bit tricky. Man. I mean, that's why, that's why when I was here, that he could have gotten the Villa job, I was like, man, nah, this, this, this is not a, a for a for your first job, you want what Zedan had. You want a team that has some money with some players. Like, Villa, that's a tricky job for a first stint. Yeah. I think Monaco's a, it's a good fit for him. I mean, he gets to speak his native language. He's at a club that he grew up at. Mm. Um, and there, there is talent in that squad. I mean, obviously, it's not as talented as the one that was there two years ago. But when you have, you know, Falcao as your captain, you have Tillemans in the squad, you have playmakers, you have people who can do things. Mm -hmm. eight, the 18 isn't representative of the talent that's in their squad. So maybe just changing the manager and then you bring in Thierry Henry, who all of those players are going to look up to because he is a legend. Maybe that helps in some way to like boost the squad morale in a but way that Jardim did it. What I always said is that whenever you're a first-time manager, the key thing is who you surround yourself by. And that's what's going to make or break because again, you just, you just don't have the experience. You just don't. So the key thing, well, what you're starting to by, and but I still believe that the cost still exists of of great players making great managers, because the Zidane thing is weird. I think he used white magic personally <laughs> between those three jumps in a row. So I don't think that counts. That's an anomaly. Okay. But whether, whether it's a Marco van Basten, John Barnes, Maradona, Alan Shearer. You know, most great players don't make great coaches. It is a thing when you have like these great slash legendary players. How do you communicate your greatness? That it was. That's... It's impossible. It's like all you, you can can't. do is like Henri will be able to tell players certain tidbits of okay, if you're in this situation, it's best to drop your shoulder, move here, move into this position. So he can tell the strikers little tidbits or number ten little tidbits that will actually help them improve their. Um, game, but the blueprints, the tactical stuff, the general nooks and crannies of of being a, a, a manager, that's a different skill. You being a great player doesn't translate to you being a great tactician. Right. Especially if you're a forward. Like, maybe if you're a defender and someone who always has to think about what's going to happen next and you're mm. kind of educated in that kind of tactical aspect as defenders mostly are, maybe that, that can work if you're a centre-back. But if you're a forward and most most of the time you're relying on kind of spontaneity and kind of instinctual things, it's hard to kind of relay that to another player, especially if you're that good. It's like if you're Michael Jordan, how do you explain to someone like, yo, just hang in the air for four or five seconds, yeah. switch it from your right hand to your left hand and you'll get a layup. How do you explain that? How do you explain if you're Thierry no, 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 Henry to just open your body you, up you and shift it in, in so like you, a natural you, you way? It's very push. difficult. That goal that Henri scored against flipping batters, or you, 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 you can't, you can't. Like, mm. mind you, it's, it's, it's a whole different thing, man. It's a whole but then again, thing. if Zidane can do it, Henri can do it. <laughs> what, three, three Champions Leagues in a row? Well, no, no, no. I just mean, like, have relative success, right? Obviously, it's like Zidane had the best squad he in used, the world. He so. used white magic. Everybody <laughs> we, knows. We, we, he used white magic, red magic, blue magic. 
Is it blue magic heroin? No, no, because I, I think black mind. magic is, is racist. I don't know why. Why is it? Why should it be called black magic? Why, why, why not purple magic? Black magic, black ice, black hat. Black male? Why is it called black male? Why, why, why not white? <laughs> so. ah, okay. Uh, so, yeah, this is this is a mailbag episode. So, shout out to Thierry Henry. I mean, I know he's an Arsenal legend or whatever, but shout out to him, man. But, yeah, mailbag episode. So, we are going to take your questions. I think they're about... 14 or 15. So shout out to you guys who left things for us. First question. The only taps asks, now what for Germany, Italy, and Netherlands? Do you see these three teams getting their ish together before Euro 2020? What would you do if you were the nation's football associations to address the problems? Well, Netherlands look headed in the right direction, but I think Germany are a disaster. Italy need work. Boy. So I think <laughs> Netherlands, you know, it's going to take time. So I think you're willing to give them some, but I think they're headed in the right direction because like, there's some pretty good players. I think Kuman is, is, is the right manager. He's definitely the right coach. Italy, I think they need work. I'm not sure whether Mancini is the right guy to really make them fully competitive. But let's just see what happens. You know, let's just see what happens with those with, with, with those guys, you know. But um, Germany, it's a desire. I mean, you, you, can, you can write an, an essay about what's happening with Germany, man. It starts as just a complete... Like, first of all, how do you keep your job when you finish bottom of your World Cup group? That included Sweden and South Korea. Yeah. <laughs> do you finish bottom? And 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 Mexico, who have never gotten past the round oh, of sixteen. Yeah, I don't know. And like, how how Lowe's been there? How many? Eight years? Ten years? Twelve years? Technically, twelve years because he took over after the 06 World Cup. So from like the second half of half of 06 till now so you could argue 12 11 years do you know that thing about just like the leader in the dressing room the voice mm. just becomes stale after a while and just you need a, a new voice fresh ideas it has to be at that point for germany it's you can't have a manager in charge for a decade really and expect success but what okay but, but then to play devil's advocates what about Fer, Fer, fergie that's football. That's called football. And he was renowned, wasn't he, for like switching out his mm. assistant manager. So he always had new, fresh ideas that were coming in. I'm not German, sorry, and I can't speak to the ins and outs of German football. So I don't, maybe Lowe does switch out his assistant managers and does come with fresh ideas every now and then. But it doesn't seem like it. Also, Ferguson had the luxury of I can buy whoever I want, basically. Not whoever I want, but, you know, mm. he, he had the luxury of bringing in new players, selling, yeah, buying, true, whatever. True, true. Low has Germany, like German. I guess he can wait until babies from 2000 grow up, but he has the same team. It's not like he can just go out and buy some people. I just think whatever messages that he has, it's stale to the players that are in there. And you've lost, but I was going to call him Bart Long. <laughs> you've you've lost Philip Lom. You've lost Steiger, You've lost many of the players that were key. No, no, no. Um, I mean, basically, after that 2014 World Cup. They should have rejigged. Mm. They should have re-rejigged. Like that was. They went to the well one too many times, I think, with 2018, and now they're trying it again. And obviously, I mean, you have to kind of be loyal to someone who's won a World Cup, right? It doesn't seem right to just kind of get rid of him after no, he wins no, no, a World no, no. Cup. But I, like, for, no, for me, see, that's the mistake that people make. It's like, oh well, you want us to walk up? You want us to walk up? No, you have to. Sometimes you have to be harsh. Mm. Sometimes you have to be harsh. You know because. The biggest mistake that you can make is like, oh my gosh, like you you want us to World Cup, blah blah. Case in point, Lippi, he won the World Cup in two thousand six. He was sacked before he could reach the airport after they came bottom of the group in twenty ten. They actually told him to, to to give back his World Cup medal. 
That must be beef. If you win a World Cup and they're like, yo, give us back our medal. Like, what? But they, <laughs> no, they came bottom. So it was an embarrassment. So look, you just embarrassed us as defending champions. Give back that, that medal. No, 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 no. Like you, They would have to come with guns to get my World Cup medal. Like, I'm not giving you... I mean, it's, it's, it's not coming back. Um, so what would I do if I was the German Association? Um, you just have to find the next guy. I mean, obviously, you can't really go to Nagelsmann because he's already committed to Leipzig. Mm. The Schalke manager, Tedesco, maybe? Tedesco. No, 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 no. But basically, see, Germany, they messed up. I don't know when Nagelsmann made the deal to join Red Bull Leipzig. But as soon as they got um, eliminated, Love should have been sacked. Basically, they just ask Love, are you going to step down? If he said no, fine. You're, you're sacked. Then you get Nagelsmann. If you don't get Nagelsmann, just get a young, up-and-coming German coach. Tedesco isn't German, is he? He's probably Italian. He's, no, he's, so. he, he's half German, half Italian. No, maybe that'll work. But it, it wouldn't it wouldn't seem right if, like, a Portuguese manager or, like, an English manager just yeah, no, 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 for no, Germany. No. Like, the guy you has have to be, be full-on blonde. Like, yeah, full-on German. Blonde <laughs> 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 All right. Um, next question. Majan Kuhn says, what do you think UEFA needs to do to make fans care about the Nations League? Bro, that's a talk. To be honest, let me, let me be real with you. The last few games have been all right. The Netherlands-Germany game was really good. Mm-hmm. This England-Spain game was pretty good. Like, I don't know. The games have actually seemed a bit more exciting. You would need players to actually care. That's the only thing, really, that I can see that would make um, fans care is if the players care. Like, obviously, friendlies, uh, you don't really get the sense that, like, the... No coaches and like you know you know when they make like eight changes at halftime that kind of idea of just like we're, we're just out here to play the result doesn't really matter blah 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 if players and coaches actually care about these games because if you win the, i think it's group a you get automatic qualification into the european championship if that's a legitimate carrot that managers and federations and players actually feel then that care might actually translate to fans but i guess we just have to see how this initial one goes you're always going to get guys who are staunch supporters of their club pissed off if a guy gets an injury in an, in an international break. Right. That'll always happen. But I think friendlies have to don't be done away with, man. They have to be done away with. That's the other interesting thing about this. When you have a summer tournament, your primary focus as a fan of international football is on that summer tournament. Mm. But if you're a football fan, normally you support a club. So then this Nations League thing comes to interrupt your Premier League season, your La Liga season, your Bundesliga season. You're just like, man, what is this, man? I don't want this. Like, give me Chelsea, Manchester United on Sunday. I don't want to watch these guys play for nothing, essentially. So you have to make that play for nothing. You have to make that something. If you're UEFA, I don't know. Maybe it's marketing. Maybe it's – I don't know. I don't know what you could do. But at least they've seen that, yo, friendlies, that can't run. Exhibitions, no. It, like there has to be something. But I don't know how you can make a fan be like, "Yo, let's get ex- let's get excited for Spain, England when Chelsea, Manchester United is like a couple a couple of days away." Mm. I don't I don't know whether we had this conversation before where we said that if you could just truncate it into like one month or two months where the bulk of these internationals are done, it would work because there is something annoying. Like, okay, six seven games released to the Premier League break. All right, five, six, seven more games. No, 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 that's a week break. Yeah, that's the annoying thing. That that's what I think annoys fans the most. I've 
been a proponent of this. Again, I don't know how this would work logistically, but I said if I came to power as FIFA president, I would just have an international break month. Just mm. like, look, January, February, you guys play your six, seven matches, however many you need, and that'll be that. But obviously, I don't know how that would work. Maybe you need breaks in the middle. Uh, um, next question from MF Bain 301. How does the lack of pitch maintenance and pitch quality in the African Federation hinder match play and match watchability? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, 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 look, look, my bro, you're, you're kind of, why, why, why are you laughing? Speaking of, no, no, I don't, I don't want to speak about Uganda right now, man. We have trouble, man. Like, we have sunken place people in the in the presidential palace, bro. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. So, 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 Kanye, no. Kanye West. Kanye you got some and, Kanye and, West there. Man, Kanye and Museveni are out here taking pictures. I'm like, man, I don't even want to talk about this. Go ahead, man. To a degree, yes. The pitch can affect play because, again, if you're playing 30, 40 games on like a best beautiful carpet pitch in Europe mm. and, you, and you come to Gabon or to Zambia where like there are pitches that are a bit patchy and, and so forth. Because so, like, I mean, if you go to a lot of pitches in Ghana, Cameroon, North Africa, South Africa, they're all right. It's just that when you're now going to maybe like Gabon, um, Angola, places like like those who have maybe don't have the kind of resources that they have the resources, have. bro. They have what the resources. This is a way bigger discussion. Oh no, no, no! About it's corruption. Like, they they have resources to grow grass in Africa. Um, greed, so much stuff. Just to talk about it on a face level, is that mm. yeah, it, it, it's it does affect it to a degree, but at the same time, if you're good enough, you can still play at a somewhat high level. On a bad pitch, you still can. Like I think at one time, I think the pitch that Messi was playing on in one South American game was like pretty patchy, but he's still bold. So it will affect your. It, it will basically it will affect the game, but it shouldn't affect it to that much of a degree. Like oh man, look, I was crap because the pitch was crap. Now it does it does affect watchability to the question, especially like as you say, if you're used to watching the, 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 the top European leagues. And then you go now. to like places where like they obviously are like spray painting the grass green and there's like dead grass in the middle. There's it's mud. Look, man, I bro, okay, call me at the last with, AFCON. Put it this there was way, a I game like where it. two Ghana players sprained or not sprayed, they tore their ACL in the same game because of how poor the pitch was. You can't have that. So yes, for me, it does affect the quality of the African Federation and African qualifiers. I mean, no, 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 look, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna argue, man, it's like... It is what it is. But I, I think another interesting tidbit here is like, if you're westernized, maybe looking at those pitches is messed up. But if you're used to playing on like dirt with like balls that aren't balls that are made of like cloth and just things that you can gather together if you're an african footballer that's come from like the ghetto maybe it, it's not that big of a deal for you actually that might be a step up for a lot of the players that play on the continent wait how do you mean so if you're playing in i don't know the lesotho premier league or whatever it is and then you go on a flight to gabon maybe the gabonese pitch is better than the than the lesotho pitch oh no true true no yeah for sure yeah yeah, but yeah, then, yeah, yeah so yeah. it's 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 all about your perspective like for me i'm westernized so when i go outside and Trade i want to go to a football like, there's like 3g pitches there's like turf there's everything so then when you look at that you're like damn that's messed up but if you go to the hood 
or a ghetto or a shanty town somewhere in South Africa, wherever the case where there's no grass and they're playing on concrete or they're playing on just dirt. You go to a place that actually has grass, there are lines, there are nets, there are, you know, basic football things, essentially. It's probably a step up to you. So it's, it's just a matter of perspective in some ways. Um, Chris W, C-H-R-S, I'm assuming that's Chris. If leagues that aren't the Premier League want a bigger audience, wouldn't it help if Juventus, Bayern, PSG, Real Madrid, and or Barcelona didn't win their respective leagues every year? Is there a viable solution? If leagues want to be as big as the Premier League or... So basically, if you aren't the Premier League and you want your league to be bigger, how about you stop having the same clubs win the, the league six, seven uh, years no, in a row? No, no, no. Look, for me, I don't think Italy and... Germany realize how much it is harming the league that one team waited six, seven times in a row. Because <laughs> if you're a neutral and you say, hey man, come on, watch the Syria. Why didn't you watch the Syria? And they say, oh, who 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 won it last year? Juve. Two years ago, Juve. Three years ago, Juve. Five, Juve. Six, Juve. Seven, Juve. <laughs> then it's like, oh, you know what? I think I'll I think I'll I'll pass, you know. Because then again, like for a neutral guy who, like, let's say, like you support Liverpool or you support um, Chelsea or Southampton, and you just say, you know what, let me just watch some Syria on Sunday. Are you going to bother watching a Juventus match? It's like, why am I going to watch a Juve match? Or, or why am I going to watch this Syria roundup when I know that this team is, is obviously going to win the league? Like, what made it exciting when I was watching Syria back in the day was like, man, Juve, is it going to be Juve? Is it going to be AC Milan? Is it going to be Inter? Is it going to be Roma? Is it going to be um, any of these teams? Because really, you had. It was either Juve, AC Milan, or Roma, with Inter Milan always on the periphery. So it was always like a real interesting title race. You never had a team winning it three or four times in a row. Like from the times of the never three or four times in a row. And that's exciting to watch because like, man, who's going to win? And there's something very exciting. Actually, did we, was there, was there a title race at all in any of the major leagues? I mean, Serie A kind of had one up until Koulibaly with the header beat you. Oh, yeah. Oh. And they won 1-0. And people were like, oh, it might happen. It might happen. But it, it never materialized because Napoli kind of stumbled along the way. There wasn't one in... Germany? No. La Liga didn't have one. France really. didn't have one. France didn't have one. And Premier League was obviously a runaway. So, low-key, Italy had the best league last year in terms of competitiveness but, but, but it's but, but but who still won man who still won? <laughs> exactly exactly you know i was thinking like people use the premier league now as like an example of competitiveness in some ways because there hasn't been a repeat champion since manchester united maybe it's been a while since there's been a repeat champion but like for the first what 20 years of the premier league i'm pretty sure united won 14 or 15 of the first 20 I think Arsenal won two, Blackburn won one, Chelsea won a couple. But other than that, it was just Manchester United, Manchester United, Manchester United. Skip Did they ever win five United, in a row? Yeah, Manchester United. Like, they three-peated twice. Did they ever win six in a row? Did they ever win six in a row? No, they won three in a row. There that's, you go. That's... Once now start getting to six, that's that's when, you know, okay, like, look, look. I mean, basically, you're, you're having a laugh. And... You know, Juve are the only team who've won every single game so far. They've won. They have a hundred percent record so far. Look, man, forget wow. that. Whoa, Andy. whoa. Okay, I was, I was totally wrong. I was totally wrong. I had to look this up. There hasn't been a repeat champion in the Premier League since two thousand nine. I was having that discussion with with someone. I can't remember. But yeah, and and wait, so, so it was what it was. United who? Yeah. Uh, so okay, United have won half of the Premier Leagues. Right. Mm. There's been twenty six champions in the Premier League era. They've won thirteen. They've three-peated twice. 
But the last time anyone went back-to-back was 2008-2009. Since then, it's been Chelsea, United, City, United, City, Chelsea, Leicester, Chelsea, Manchester City. So nobody's repeated. That Actually, people have a point. Obviously, there are other factors why the Premier League is as popular as it is. But the competitiveness would seem to bear out over the past decade if nobody's repeated. Premier League has always been seen as the most competitive because, like, basically, since Fergie left, it's been like a free-for-all. Well, I look, man, anyone can get it. Leicester won. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, 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 Um, basically, that is the perfect example. The fact that Leicester City won it really shows that anyone can get it. All right, so kind of to that point, just Jeffrey underscore as if Man City played in La Liga, where would they finish in the league? Interesting. That's the, you know, that's an interesting point. They'll come top four, but it's difficult to say because I think that easy as of right now, it would be a tight soul challenge between them and Barcelona with Real Madrid and Atletico being on, on the outside. Yeah, so I'd, I'd have to agree with that one. I think they'd finish second. And also, we have to take into consideration. They have Pep as their manager who knows the Spanish league inside out, right? But but he doesn't have Messi, so. <laughs> but the team that wins would, so, you know, everything makes sense. Kind of still on that theme, Sabian the Great says, address why Premier League fans are so arrogant and thinking they can take any player they want. They aren't the only ones with money anymore. Hashtag Inter is coming. And he put a picture of, like, Italy has t- overtaken England in the UEFA coefficient. So they're now second behind Spain. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting in that sense. Although, what has Inter done to improve that coefficient, really? Sabion, the great. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. Who else? What's, what's done? He says, he, he put hashtag Inter is coming. But what has Inter really done to improve this coefficient? They haven't been in the Champions League since no, 2012. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, it's like. They have ridden the coattails. But, but I think he's team. getting gassed. From Inter beating Tottenham, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you guys have ridden the coattails of Juventus going to like two Champions League finals and hitting semifinals every now and again. Like that has improved your coefficient vastly. I'm I'm sure. Um, why are Premier League fans arrogant? The TV deals are outrageous. So when you have money, you get arrogant or just confident. It's one of those things of like the Premier League is the biggest brand in the world. That's just a fact. But it isn't the best league technically wise. So I think people just get it confused is that the Premier League is not the biggest based on quality. It's the biggest based on the money that they can they can spend and their brand and the, the reach they have. As in United are the most supported club in in the world. And Arsenal and Chelsea are not too far behind that. Also, can can we talk about the Premier League has the best crop of managers than yeah. any other league? Okay. Yeah. Think about it like this. The top three clubs in the world right now, many would just say, are Real Madrid, right? You have Madrid. I'm writing this down. Madrid, Barcelona, Barcelona and Bayern Munich, right? Mm. Who are the managers of these three clubs? Loptigi, <laughs> Barcelona have a guy called Valverde, mm. and Bayern have a guy called Kovac. Who are these three guys <laughs> in comparison to Jose Mourinho, Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, Maurizio Sarri, Pochettino, Emery's in there somewhere. But like the best three clubs in the world are managed by a guy called Loptigi, Valverde, and Kovac. What? I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So like the Premier League has, they have the money, they have the, the managers who can attract players, 
it, it's, you know, just the prestige of English clubs, I suppose. Obviously, it's not as big as maybe those three clubs I just named. But, like, you know, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. If you go to Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, like, you know, pretty decent. I can't pronounce this. Nikra? Nikra? My Indian. Nikra. I, it, it seems as if a, an, an Indian name. So, shout out to everybody yeah, yeah, that listen yeah, to yeah. the podcast. Yeah, what is the solution for Manchester United? In conjunction with that question, I'll ask this one as well from Adula. Um, what do you think about Manchester United playing a 4-3-3 with Martial left wing, Sanchez center forward, and Lukaku right wing? Lukaku no. played there no. a lot <laughs> under Martinez at Everton. He's unselfish, a good crosser, and able to make the most it of could his size. Wait, wait, wait. Playing between Did you just say Lukaku is a good crosser? <laughs> Danny, just stop, 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 stop. stop. Just, just relax. Did he say Lukaku is a, is a good crosser? That is what is written down here. I mean, why do people do this? <laughs> like, San- Sanchez is currently a class A brick. Oh. He's the he's on the de- decline. What is he? Why are you putting him as a striker? For what reason? Look, man, United need to sell Lukaku and get a proper striker. Let's 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 start there. You know, that's where that we should we should, we should, we should pretty much start, you know. So um, what is the solution for Manchester United? Uh, Manchester United fans would tell you to sack Mourinho would be step number one. The tactical aspect of Martial left wing, Sanchez center forward, mm-hmm. Lukaku right wing. Mm-hmm. Lukaku right wing isn't the craziest idea because he gives a good point that it worked with Lukaku and Everton under Martinez. It somewhat worked in the Brazil game in the World Cup. I don't know if Mourinho would necessarily want him to do that, but I mean, he does kind of have a track record of playing strikers on the wing. Maybe he's not Eto, but isn't that disrespectful? If you're like, look, we're gonna put Sanchez, who's been breaking it up, as you might say, in mm. your position, and then we're gonna play you wide. That's what he did with with Eto, and Eto wasn't happy. But Eto done, done on the job, and what happened? A treble. You know, you're not gonna win a treble with Lukaku no. playing right wing. I'm sorry. But the first thing that they should do is they have to sack Mourinho. And get a manager who can walk. Who you have to get a much more offensive attacking manager. That's the first. That's the first thing that they have to 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 do before anything. Speaking of Mourinho, quickly, did did you read the Hazard quote that like? Oh, he'd he, be happy to play with Mourinho. Did, did that strike you as odd? Look, maybe he's he's he's, he's just he's just talking. He's just talking. Well, it, it was it was a bit odd because like, uh, you're like the last guy who would say that you want to break bread with your beer boy. Uh, football guy 26 says thoughts on hazard begging every day for madrid to keep getting rejected um and he put a quote here that says el confidential they said despite hazard and his representatives attempts to reach out to real madrid for a transfer florentino perez is reluctant their targets continue to be neymar and now ericsson um so thoughts on hazard begging every day for madrid is is, is he begging Every I don't day. know if he's begging, but he, <laughs> he is he has mentioned it a lot. Like he mm. mentioned it at the World Cup, after the World Cup, and now during the season with Chelsea. I, th- I thought I saw a transfer rumor of like Hazard to Madrid in January, but then he he, he kind of put an end to that and said that wasn't going to happen. Obviously, he said that playing for Real Madrid is his dream, and some days he wakes up and thinks he wants to go. Some days he wakes up and thinks he wants to leave. I just think he's conflicted in a way. And obviously, he seems like a pretty nice guy, so he's not going to pull a Thibaut Courtois and just don't like, be, not Don't be show fooled up. by appearances. Appearances can be deceiving. That's why I said seems. I don't know him personally. But Courtois went about it one way, and I think he's trying to go about it another way, where he's like, I don't want to make the Chelsea fans mad, so I'm going to give them hope that I might stay. But 
you know, it's it's this thing of like just rip the band-aid off. Like don't take it off slow. Like if you're gonna mm-hmm. go, just say you're gonna go. If you have trepidation of whether you're gonna stay, just don't say anything at all, you know? Because you're just making it worse. Like you're giving me hope, and then you're just gonna pull the rug out from under us. And I don't want that to happen. So you might as well just keep quiet. Or just say, look, this is my last season. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try to make the best of it. We're gonna try to make top four, win Europa League. Ugh. Hopefully I can score 30, 40 goals and get you guys the best transfer fee I can. Like, or just shut up, sign the contracts, and just move on with it. You you don't need to be like, yo, I, I, sometimes I want to go, sometimes I want to stay. Like, just be quiet. What do you think will happen? Do you think he joins Real Madrid or he stays with Chelsea happily ever after? I think eventually he will play for Real Madrid. Whether it's next summer, I don't know. But I, what what I would like to see really is him to go. Because if it's really his dream to go play for Real Madrid, go play. Like, he stayed at Chelsea way longer than I think anyone should have expected him to stay, given yeah, 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 yeah. Given, given what people thought he was when he was coming from Lille, in terms of this is one of the next great players if he matures correctly. Mm. And I think now we've seen that he probably has, especially this season. I think he's come on, especially after the World Cup. So now that he is the player that we thought he was going to be, did anyone expect that player to stay at Chelsea for a decade? I don't think so. Everyone should have expected... have to be realistic. Right, right. It's like he was going to develop here up until a point where one of the big clubs, whether it be Barcelona, Real Madrid, were going to come get him. And I think we're at that stage. If he stays, great. But if your dream is to go play for Real Madrid, then go play for Real Madrid. Don't look back... 10 years and say, oh, I should have gone to Real Madrid, but I stayed at Chelsea. I'm happy I stayed at Chelsea, but really I have this thing in the back of my mind where I should have gone. Like, go, like live that dream. If it doesn't work, Chelsea will take you back, I'm sure. You know what I mean? No, no, no. I mean, basically for me, like Chelsea fans have to feel very lucky that Chelsea fans shouldn't be like, oh my gosh, you know, Chelsea is a big club. Of course, Hazard want to stay. No, let's be real. Hazard is too good for Chelsea right now. Now, Hazard in the Drogba, Lampard era, perfect. How you can actually say that this guy is so clear. Okay, Kante is close, but Hazard is substantially the best offensive player. And you can just see he literally stands out a lot in this team. And for me, I'm sorry, he's too good for the for, for the for the team. So nobody should really have any qualms. I mean, but I suppose it's how you do it. But nobody should have any qualms if Hazard says, if you don't like Hood, I would like to make that move. So basically, I think if he has like an amazing season and he just maintains this for this season. Boom, then he should go. But you never know. What if he gets like a six-month injury? Because he's, what, 27, 20, 28 now? He's going to be 28 in January. He yeah. has to go. He has to go. Because you, you can't sign, what, a three-, four-year contract and you're 32 going to Madrid? Like, no. It's now or never, mm. really. So either either he's going to go or he's using Chelsea to get, like, the best contract possible. Maybe his wife or his kids don't want to go to Madrid or something and they're happy in London. So maybe he's just kind of using Madrid to get more money. Hopefully, for, for Chelsea fans' sake, that would be fantastic if he's, if he's just using them to get a better contract. But I actually really think he wants to go. The only way he doesn't go to Madrid is if Loptigi gets sacked and they hire Conte. That would put a stop to Hazard going to Madrid, wouldn't it? Because oh, yeah, I don't think true. he'd want to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned Conte. Someone asked, Eden M. Hazard with three Ds. Is N'Golo Conte the most complete midfielder? I think he means in the world. I think the most complete midfielder in the world is Paul Pogba. That's what, that's what I was about to say, but he doesn't play like, like it, though. Like, ability-wise, in a, in a vacuum, it is, it's Pogba. But as far as performance-wise, can't it? I mean, did you see that skill that he did in, in training? I saw the video. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. AJ Cool 16, thoughts on Chelsea teaching racist fans why racism is wrong instead of giving them the standard three-year ban. Have you seen this? What? We're like, we're like Chelsea want to send anti-Semitic people to Auschwitz to teach them that being anti-Semitic is wrong and somehow <laughs> going to a place where the Holocaust happened will help that. <sighs> this club sometimes, I, I just don't want to support it. <laughs> Just like, why does everything have to be reasoned or like, yo, we can teach you a lesson. Like, it's not that bad. Like, if you're a grown man and you think being racist and anti-Semitic or anti-Black or whatever the case may be, transphobic, homophobic, if y'all think that's cool, like, yo, man, I don't F with them. I don't, you're you're an adult. Like, it's too far gone. Well, no, I'm, for me, if you, I don't feel the need to save you anymore. The, no, basically, this is the issue, like, I'm sorry. If you're a grown person and you think gassing anybody is something you should laugh and sing about there's something mentally wrong with you and i think this is the issue with football culture you know it's why i'm I'm always uneasy whenever i go to football match that's why i love going to the the best experience i have going to football match was when i watched nigeria trust me watching football with nigerians is the best experience of your life it is the best and fun experience but when i'm I'm, whenever you go and watch the premier league game or something because again i was like so that guy said that thing. I should really punch him in the face, but I can't really because do I really want to get into a fight here? And do I really want to? It's almost like, hey man, it's part of the game. The very fact that any kind of racism, what's a two thousand pound or euro fine for the club or something, or a slap on the wrist, shows you that deep down, these guys are like, hey, it's it's part of the game. And I always use 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 this example. Imagine if. Someone holds something racist that's Le- LeBron or Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. There would be like a huge, massive deal. Like imagine if like during like a Warriors um Lakers game, someone just like um did like a monkey chance towards LeBron or something, there'd be a huge massive deal. And that guy would be exposed and would be removed. So it would not be accepted. But in football, whenever this stuff happens, it's like, oh man. But it's also like all that crap about say no to racism. First of all, why was John Terry in that say no to racism ad? But um, all this stuff, just because especially when UEFA do stuff like you, it's like if you're you're treating me like an idiot, so you're doing this say no to racism ad campaigns. Whenever something racist happens, it's a five thousand euro fine, and that's it. Five thousand euro, which is like about two p for a club. So the but speaking to this specifically is sending guys to Auschwitz to learn about why you shouldn't think about gas and juice. Really? A grown man? A grown man needs to be sent that's, to a place like a child? I mean, to look, if, 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 it, if it was like 8, 9, 10, 13 even maybe, just like mm. you are old enough to really understand the ramifications of your actions and maybe teaching you at this young age will help stop you doing actions like this in the future, then maybe, yeah, maybe going to Auschwitz and reading about the history will help you and you'll grow to be a more productive member of society, hopefully. If you're a 30, 33, 40, 50, 52 year old man singing about gas and Jews, I think it's too far gone for you. So why is the club really wasting time spending money? Why? Like, and, and, and also wait, so, just ban them. As the question so, says, wait, wait, like, wait, give wait, them wait, the standard three year ban or like lifetime ban. So, 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 so the idea is if a fan is found to be racist, they have to go on this trip. And if they say no, they get a ban. Like, how does it work? If, let's say, I don't go because, no, I don't want to go to Auschwitz. So what happens then? I get banned? 
That's a, that's, 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 that's a strange one, man. Let's read. Premier League club Chelsea could reportedly send their fans who have been guilty of anti-Semitic abuse. What? Who wrote this? To visit the Nazi concentration camps in Auschwitz. Case of Blues fans making various indecent racial remarks towards other fans and clubs have been very common over the past few years, with one of the latest being a group of fans singing anti-Semitic chants before the FA Cup semifinal in the 2016-17 season. And I think that's probably the... Tottenham chant, probably. Um, but yeah, but you know what? Now that I think about it, the owner of the club is Jewish. So if this is his idea, maybe that's something that in that community they think might work. To me, it sounds idiotic and it, oh, it's a oh. waste of time. Abramovich but, is Jewish? Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a Russian Jew. So so maybe if he thinks that might be something, if he's signing off on it, like, yeah, send them. Maybe it'll help. Who who am I to say like that's a dumb idea if actually the owner of the club might sign off on that? But to me, I just think it's a futile exercise. Very, just like ban nice. them. Like, I, why do I have time for your anti-Semitic nonsense? Just like be gone. It's a mess. <laughs> I'm trying not to swear. Um, all right. Odds first. Best match winner you've seen, as in like the best goal to win a game. Oh, so I uh, oh I thought it's match winner as in best like match winner player. Or just the best match-winning goal? I, I think he means goal. Rivaldo. Yeah, Rivaldo. Easy, Rivaldo. Against Valencia. The first one that came to my mind was the Rooney bicycle kick against Man City. Have you seen the Rivaldo goal? I've seen the hat-trick. Thank you. And, <laughs> and, and, and you know what that goal meant for the team? That they made the Champions League? Thank you. And you also <laughs> know that he created the bicycle kick by, for, for, by himself? That, just the first one that came to my mind was, I think it was 2011, I think. Nani crosses it in, Rooney, bicycle kick. He can run to the corner and, like, puts his arms out, head to the sky. Like, that's the first. Actually, crazy sure one in 2000 was a crazy one. That was a damn good one as well. Oh, the golden goal. Yeah. yeah. Why did they take... Why do you, why would you get rid of golden goal? Every time we talk about the golden goal, half hope goes, What did they take away the golden goal? <laughs> but it's for like I love the golden goal, man. The, 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 the drama. No, 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 trust me. That is the most decision of all time. Um, most iconic celebration from Football God 26. Rocking the, the baby thing that Pepezzo did in 94. The first one that came to mind was Roger Miller at the corner flag. That's, that was the most iconic Clint, celebration. I mean, Klinsmann diving for Tottenham. <laughs> No, okay. what, what was the one where um Luis Suarez scored a goal? I think it was against Everton. And oh he yeah, ran up to David Moyes. Of Moyes. No, 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 no. The most iconic celebration ever in the history of football is Adebayor yeah, oh, yeah, from Man yeah, City yeah. scoring against Arsenal <laughs> and running the length of the pitch to the no, Arsenal fans, kneeling. Do you That's know the how most hard iconic. he ran? This guy, he was running so hard. He's, did you know how you, you run so hard that, you, that, your, that, that your head is just maintaining just high up? He, literally, it's like, do you know what it means? We're like, because you know what? He had it in his mind the whole game. So as soon as he did it, he didn't touch anybody. He sprinted. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> I've got to watch that again, man. I have to watch that again. Yo, that's, that's iconic. I told you, but nobody does it like, like, like West Africans, man. No one does it like West Africans, man. Yo, all right. Um, speaking of sprinting, this isn't in the questions, but how do, how do you feel about Bolt? Bolt scored two goals in a friendly. He has better finishing than Morata, apparently. Prominent professional player, but what an amazing achievement. Because, again, people can say, oh, Farmers League playing against losers. 
for you to go from sprinting to scoring two goals on your debut in a different sport, I think that basically he's already done better than Jordan. Because I think Jordan was was trash at, at, at baseball. So he's already done better than what Jordan did. Actually, has there actually ever been a player who has excelled at two sports? Probably not. Like, oh, Jim Brown. Now, obviously, people who don't know, like, American sports won't know this. But Jim Brown was considered to be the greatest running back of all time. Probably in some circles still is hmm. considered to be the greatest running back of all time. Obviously, you have, like, Barry Sanders and Walter Payton and people like that. Greatest running back of all time, Jim Brown. And also, if you ask anyone about the sport of lacrosse, it said that if he, he was the greatest lacrosse player of all time, but he just didn't play the sport because he was so good at football. But, like, he was known to be the GOAT. Wow. at lacrosse so that's probably the main one that comes to mind in an american sports context european i don't i don't know is there people that play football and another sport that play like rugby yeah, and I another yeah, sport I, mean, in Europe, I don't think there's any um although a lot of people said that schumacher would have been a pretty good football player how was he doing by the way like i need to look yeah, that up no I, I think he's 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 still in a coma i think he's still in the coma sad story man but yeah, right. Schumacher. I think they said that Schumacher would have been a, a pretty, a, a pretty good football player if he had um, focused on on doing doing that. So, and I think apart from that, um, I think Griezmann. I mean, doesn't Griezmann hoop it a little bit? But I don't think he's that. Good. <laughs> the only time I've seen it with the basketball, that wasn't the thing I was focused on. Like he was like in actually, but like Steph Curry, he made the 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 cut for like a major golf tournament. Obviously, he he did badly. But he actually made the, the cuts for a golf tournament. But yeah, shout out to Bolt, man. I'm happy for it, man. Like, no, 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 no. It's a great, like, as far as a personal achievement, that's great. Like, fastest, even if, you know, you know what I always say? He's the fastest known man in the world. Go to a jungle <laughs> in the Amazon or go to a jungle in Nigeria or somewhere. Someone can throw a spear a billion miles and someone can run faster than Bolt. Just as he's the fastest known man in the world. Under a bridge. I have to do yeah, go to the bridge in Nigeria. Like you, you, you'll see all the guys there under the bridge, man. <laughs> do you, you know what I was thinking, though, when I saw him score those goals? Like, do you know when you're so talented at something from a young age? Maybe I don't necessarily relate to this. I don't know if I found anything I was like extremely talented in definitely not on a on a scale of you say but you're very but good like, at you know you're you're very good at coining words like you're I, I, you know I, I was actually gonna tell you this but I forgot your titles are really smart. Oh thank you. How do you how, how did you think about that? That's 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 very witty. Interesting. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um but yeah like Usain Bolt, his whole life has just been the fastest person he's ever known. So mm. he went it so he went into sprinting and he excelled at sprinting, but that's just because of his God-given talent. To him, do you think it means more? Like football is probably more of a passion to him. Oh, for than sure, sprinting, hundred percent. You, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like sprinting is just something that I'm good at that I'm to supposed to do like, because I'm fast. Football basically. isn't necessarily something I'm meant to do. It's something I want to do, yeah. which then makes those goals mean more to me. Basically, put, put, put it this way: for him, like for me, I used to basically I used to be like there was a time when I was the fastest person in my in my school. I thought it was like a big thing. So, but like for me, football was always my passion. But I was, when I was like, how old was I? When I was 12, 13, 14, I was like one of the fastest. I was amongst like the top three, four fastest people in my school. But as much as it was a nice being first and everything, football was always my passion, you know? So I think for, for Bolt, who is like a huge United fan and everything, football is definitely his passion. But Sprint was like, hey, look, this, is, this will get me acclaimed. 
I'm amazing at this. This also gave me money, help to provide for my family as well. Right. So let me do this whole thing. So once I've not done everything, because again, he over overachieved <laughs> at sprinting. He like one of the greatest sprinters. No, yeah, the, the greatest sprinter of all time. Maybe he Manchester City wins, but the most decorated sprinter of all time. But then I was like, okay, now this is actually what is my real passion, really, which is this thing. Like, what's it called? I think Andy Cole came out and said that he actually doesn't like football. Wow. It, yeah, he actually said like, yeah, I'm, he never, I'm, basically, 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 like he, he treated it as a job. He never actually enjoyed it. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of footballers who just have a natural gift hmm. at playing football, but they don't necessarily love the sport. They just do it because they're good at it and it makes the money. They make a living, which is kind of yeah. how I feel maybe about Bolt. Like maybe in the beginning you have a, 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 a yearn to do it, but then after a while it just becomes business. But then you get to a point where I'm, I've exceeded at this so much that I can, I've opened doors for myself. That I can do things I'm super passionate about. So I know Bolt always talks about he wanted to be a footballer for Manchester United and he wanted to be a bowler in cricket. So maybe that's what he does next. And maybe that, if he can, like, I'm not going to even embarrass myself and try to act like I know how cricket works. But so, there's something about wickets. So maybe if he can get a wicket, <laughs> no, but, maybe that would be like more. I'd see. This is another thing, though. Does, do, do those goals mean more than a gold medal? Once you add the element of like I did this for Jamaica, mm. but like oh, no, just no, winning, but but no, but, but just like winning like, any really diamond it's, league it's, race it's, or something it's, like that, probably not. It's a personal thing and a bigger thing. I think for him personally, those goals mean more. For a bigger thing, the thing for Jamaica is bigger because of why wow, you've done you've done this for your nation, right? But in a selfish, personal, in my own thing kind of way. My gosh, I'm playing in a football team. I scored these two goals. Boom, it's huge. But what's it called? Messi. I think I read one time that Messi says that he doesn't actually watch football. That once he gets home, he just watches anything other than football. He's the best of his generation. There's really no point to watch anyone else. Like, I can do better. He knows he can. Uh, All right, last question. At Peck Mouse. And this isn't football related, but it is what it is. If you could go back in time without the option of coming back, would you go? And if so, what year would you go back to? Now, as black people, going back in the past is a bit. Mm. Oh no, no, no! I can answer this. I can answer this. So, so basically, so this is you have to go back in the past if you want to. Okay. So the question is, if you could go back in time without the option of coming back, would you go? And if so, what year would you go back to? No. The first answer is no because he said no option of coming back. No. But <laughs> because again, I'm black and nothing really great is really. But if I could, if you go way, 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 way back, maybe it's good to be black, but not like a hundred years or so. No, true. But 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 but, but no. Nah, then you know it's a gamble because you could go way, way back and you're like, whoa, no, this is how we're living. What the hell? <laughs> but basically, my, my my thing is this: is that if I could come back, I would go back to ancient Egypt. I will go back to ancient Egypt because I just want to know. I am literally obsessed with just that time period, i.e. the pharaohs, those pyramids, how they were built, how they lived, the culture. I'm obsessed with that period. So if I could go back in time for a week and just say, man, how did these guys live? How did they operate? I would just wish I could just go back in that time. You know, I've been reading like, books lately <laughs> oh interesting <laughs> and one of the books i've been reading I'm, i might have mentioned this last week i'm reading the autobiography of malcolm x right if i could go back to 1965 and stop the assassination that would be cool how would you do that though 
I'd have to go to the Autobahn ballroom and like well, warm up. Well, have you ever read like all these time things that you stop one thing, it then causes a chain reaction of some other things? <laughs> so okay, you stopping okay. that Malcolm X thing, it may now turn into a weird kind of chain events that may be resulting in you not even being born. <laughs> so maybe you being born has something in a way of Malcolm X getting killed and his songs has a chain of events that actually leads to you being being born, which is crazy. Because it's one of those things like you you stop that, <laughs> you may end up like man, you just see yourself slowly like disintegrates and like no, you okay. don't exist anymore. You, what, what what you have to ask is is the life of maybe you want to save Malcolm X or Martin Luther King or whatever, mm. is their life worth more than mine in the grand scheme of things? Like is Malcolm X alive for five ten more years and the work he would have done worth more to society than what but, I am? But let's. No, 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 this is actually very difficult because let's let's go even deeper. <laughs> how do you think the how do you think the concept of racism and black people would have changed if Malcolm X kept on going on his road for five more years? I don't know, which is why it would, because it would I, be interesting to stop this assassination to maybe see. That. I truly believe that there would have been a, a full-on civil war. Uh, I don't I don't think it would have gone that far. Who knows, man? Like who knows? I just think that. Well, let's see. That's the beat about this. But same thing of like, what if Tupac and Biggie mended their differences and they survived for like, and they just and they just survived? The whole concept of rap would have completely changed. Basically, like Eminem wouldn't exist. <laughs> you know, Jay Z Jay Z wouldn't exist in the same way. Yeah, he wouldn't exist because the because their deaths created a vacuum where in which other people could come in and kind of fill the void where Jay Z Nas kind of came in. Yeah, like that would have been very like if they had survived. You'd had Biggie, could have been pretty much the, the king of rap. And Tupac, if let's say he would have sort of calmed down and gotten more into acting, more into Hollywood, mm. he would have just sort of like become much more of a spokesperson, really. Yeah. So again, you know, it will, it's interesting. I don't know, but ancient Egypt in 1965 might be our answers, Pac <laughs> well, okay. Do you do you know what year ancient Egypt is? Like four thousand BC. Man, like like something something BC. Man, you would have to actually research like which pharaoh was the nicest. If you just no, no, showed no, up. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. You know what? Let's wait. Let's back things up. No, let me let let, let, let let's back things up. What if you you could stop who killed Malcolm X? I'm thinking, you know, because again, like I saw just brush past that. But I think so. Okay, what if? Because my thing is okay. Like, let's say you stop that. But I think someone, I think, again, I believe the government hired someone to kill him. <laughs> they, but, but, but my thing is that they would try again and again and again until they killed him. Yo, so, that's, okay, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. Is it worth it if it's going to happen anyway? It's going to happen because it, it was, 100% it was going to happen. There's no way that the government would have allowed him to, too dangerous. So and then, even and if then, you stop that. And, and, then, and then because I can't come back, I'm now stuck in 1965 yeah is that worth it to be stuck in 1965 for a failed i don't know if it's worth it yo would you go back to like a point in your life where you think you made a mistake and then fix it from there so like if if, if i could go back to like when i was 16 or 17 oh yeah and instead of a, a test i didn't study for that could have got me into a better university or something like that basically be selfish in something with my own life rather than go see an event. I don't know. This has gone off the rails. I think we've got a little bit. It is crazy. No, no, look. Yeah, if you could change but No, no, trust me. There are definitely some things I would definitely change. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, this is this is why I saved this question for the end because I figured it could go anywhere. <laughs> but 
yeah, uh, this has been the Talking Tactics podcast. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Maybe we'll have to do an extra and go like super, super. Yeah, super no, no, no. We have this one. Let's talk interesting. Follow us on Twitter. Um, SoundCloud, Spotify. Follow us on Graham. Spotify. If you're if you're a listener on Spotify, follow us over there. Um, there's been a few people, so shout out to you guys. Um, follow us on SoundCloud if you would. Leave those iTunes reviews, Apple Podcast reviews. If it's five stars, we'll read it on the show. Um, have hope. You got anything coming up this week that people should be aware of? Well, football battles drops again on Wednesday and Friday. United against Badabingi. Follow Have Hope at the Have Hope Football Hut. It's a great place. Yeah, hopefully Carlo will be back next week. I'm at Daniel to look. Um, yeah, talking to this podcast, sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. See you guys next week. Peace. Thanks for listening. I should say thanks for listening more. Yeah. Bye, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network.